Welcome to the Empower to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, we talk um, at, through a new series. We are starting to talk about discipline, um, which is uh, traditionally in every Cultivate Connection parenting course we teach, uh, right out of the gate, week one is, hey, how do I stop this behavior? So we are going to talk through what um, does a framework for discipline look like? How do we make sure that we are doing that while maintaining um, an attachment and the connection lens in place? And to do so, we brought one of our favorite guests, Matt Smith, Dr. Matt Smith from uh, the Memphis Family Connection Center here today to talk with us. Uh, so Tana and I will talk with him. Um, this is going to be a, a great episode for you to uh, begin helping to think through. You might have friends who are, are just starting their parenting journey here and they are going, Hey, I don't, I, I get the I maintain connection. I don't even know how to do that while also, you know, holding inappropriate behaviors in check or um, disciplining as a whole in our house. And so today might be a great episode for you to uh, share with those folks. And so uh, without any further ado, here they are now, Matt Smith, Tom Ottinger, and myself talking about discipline. All right. Well, as I said in the introduction, we've got Dr. Matt Smith here and Tana uh, with us. And I'm pointing as if you can see them on either side of my screen like I can. Uh, but here. yeah, they're here and we are um, really excited to talk today about this. This is, I mean, we, as mentioned in the introduction, guys, like every parenting course we teach, this is one of the first questions. And I will just say it usually is a dad, um, not to overly stereotype, but it is, uh, who will say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We got to make them like us. And then how do I punish them? So, uh, the goal obviously behind that question is, you know, we, we know intrinsically as parents, there's got to be, um, a teaching element and a correcting element when inappropriate behavior or action is expressed. No, none of us are arguing that like that is a non-negotiable. Like we do not want our kids growing up learning, um, a wrong view of what's appropriate in the world as a human being, how to act. Um, Outside of that, once you go past that first step, man, the opinions and the strategies are all over the place. And so uh, we wanted to talk today. So Tana, do you mind kind of laying out the framework for this, the way that we do when we introduce this idea, yeah. Cultivate Connection? I think what feels just on a personal note, really fun for me about this particular episode is Matt, you know, Mo and I, and you and Laurel have been sort of working hand in hand and teaching parenting classes in Memphis for a long time. Do you, can you tell me off the top of your head, how long we've been doing this together? <laughs> Dr. Dr. Smith. Well, I know that we went through our facilitator oh. training back in 2014. And yeah. so uh, I think we taught a class uh, probably early 2015 and, uh, and then we've collaborated with you guys and, other couples that went through the training. So yeah, it's coming up on uh, nine years, I think that we've been yeah. doing. That's yeah. awesome. And what, what feels particularly fun for me is, you know, the Smiths older, like y'all's children are in the same sa stage and season of life as our older, the older Ottinger kids. So we have walked through seasons of life together for well over a decade and I have personally always appreciated the perspective that you and Laurel have brought to the nuanced conversation that we're going to have today around discipline and how to really foster that connection and think about change over the long term. Like I 
have deeply appreciated your insight and perspective. In fact, I didn't really think about this. This particular conversation we're having is one that you and Laurel have often taught when we've taught class. Like this is the place, this is the seat that y'all sit in to really explore this content and conversation together. So um, just on a personal note, it's it's fun to have this conversation with you. So yeah. I think what if we start by talking about um, discipline at sort of a high level and the difference between maybe how we would view di discipline traditionally and how we might think about discipline under this umbrella of connected parenting and attachment focused parenting. So where, how have we reframed discipline as we've yeah. sort of th think about it through that lens? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking about how, you know, I, I think, most parents are aware that discipline and punishment are not the same thing. Uh, they know that there's more to discipline than, than punishment. But what I feel, I, I think what I have felt as a dad for many years, and I continue to feel this way, is that, and, and, and I will say before I even say this, that this is, this is in error. Okay, I'm I, I'm in error when I do this. Discipline is either it's there are two things that come to mind. It's a strategy for compliance. Okay, so I just need you to do what I'm telling you to do right now in this moment. Um, so that's you know I'm looking for that compliance, or the 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 backside of that is I just want my kids to be able to be able to function in the world. So if you will just listen to me and do what I say, then you'll be fine. And yeah. somehow, if you don't listen to what I say in this moment, then you're not going to be fine. And then I'm not going to be fine. Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so then yeah. discipline becomes loaded with all this other stuff. And mm -hmm. that's, that's not all of what discipline is. Um, it's not even the best way to think about discipline but it's the thing that sort of hits me in the moment when a, a, one of my kids is, you know, going in a um, divergent direction, let's say, yeah. somewhere I don't want them to go. So I think what comes to my mind is how we can think about discipline as this idea of teaching and instruction and um, and how do we reframe it in a lens where, um, like, I think it's okay as a parent to sort of want your child to be able to function in the world. Like there's, that is not at the essence of that, like an impure motive, right? Like, I think we could all agree that we, we do feel the responsibility as parents to help shape our children's, you know, behavior. And I think what happens, I love what you said about compliance, because I think this is where we go wrong is we think if we gain compliance, then we're shaping behavior and, and we're not in the long run, always shaping behavior. We might be changing the moment, but how is that really getting us where, where we want to go? And we, we have borrowed over the years, this concept from our friends at Karen Purpose Institute of Child Development and trust-based relational intervention this idea of three C's and three D's as a framework for thinking about correction. So let's talk about that and like apply that with this concept in mind. How do we move towards um, 
addressing behavior in with three C's and three D's in mind. So do you want to start kind of talking through what, what some of that is, Matt? Yeah. So we talk about the difference between distancing strategies and connecting strategies, right? So um, when we talk about the D's, those are, those are sort of coming out of that distancing strategy, right? So you could sort of put a capital D in front of distancing. And then what happens when we use distancing strategies with our kids? Um, well, we wind up with these three D's, deferred behavior. We wind up with discontented children and adults. And we re we result we wind up with disconnected feeling disconnected from each other the child and adult um so on the other hand if we use a connecting strategy the result is corrected behavior a content child and adult and a connected child and adult so that's the that's the overall view of yeah. the three C's and three D's. I think what I appreciate about like the comparison between the deferred behavior and the corrected behavior, those that might feel a little confusing because in the moment, if you come down with sort of a punitive punishment mindset or my way or the highway, there might be corrected behavior in the short term, yeah. but you haven't taught skills and strategies and, and like had like intrinsic motivation where when they're on their own, they're going to make that choice. So that's what we mean by even the deferred behavior. So you can do something, sure, and they might stop doing X right now, yeah. which might help you get out the door, get the homework done, get chores completed, whatever is the, the requirement of the moment. But yeah. how have you really impacted their ability to navigate a stressful situation on their own? That was one of the most helpful uh, imageries. Imageries? Would that be? A, Im image, most, images? Most helpful. Like, yeah, point of imagery for you? Yeah. yeah one of the most helpful yeah. pictures yeah. for me was yeah. the picture of deferral. Because I think in my mind, I tend to think of, well, yeah, I can stop this behavior right now, but I'm not stopping the behavior right now, right? Like there might be a temporary break in that behavior, but there's no shutting off of that stream that's sourcing that behavior. And I think that's the better better picture yeah. is what we're trying to do in addressing behavior through the lens of connection is we're trying to turn the faucet off that is sourcing like this, this mm -hmm. whether you want to call it maladaptive or uh, dysregulated like behavior, that stuff is coming from somewhere. And if we don't figure out where it's coming from and help bring healing in those places, it's going to continue flowing. You can build the dam as high as you want. And uh, mm -hmm. maybe the most classic picture of this is that I uh, went off to college um, having a pretty decent amount of exposure to kind of the regular things that would be temptations in college for, for a shielded, protected child. And so I got to college somewhat with my eyes open, but I was in a suite um, with a few other uh, students who are coming from extremely, extremely, um, I would say overprotected kind of sheltered, uh, places. And they were stepping out of the bubble 
straight into an environment with with almost unfettered access to whatever they would want to get into. And pretty soon after that, about half of them uh, were nuts, just out every night till 4 a.m. Because they're the the access had never been there. They'd never been taught how to handle any of those other opportunities that were going to exist. And the other half just kind of kept on maintaining a similar lifestyle that they had had back home because they had been taught a paradigm for here's why we don't engage in this, 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 or this. And so I think that that's, that's a, a very stereotypical example um, that, uh, that we have or that I had, but it, it made sense. Like those of us who had been kind of prepared for those places and opportunities, there, there was not an overreaction to it. And so we don't want to build the dam so high of deferred behavior that once opportunity comes and there's not the authoritarian rule in place, that it's a, a you know, free reign into it. Yeah. There, there's also the sense, too, in which distancing can often lead to just more dysregulation. Now, you may not see that dysregulation. So if it, so, if a child is, you know, running around and just acting kind of crazy and you're trying to, you're, you're like, hey, stop that. You know, <laughs> you're kind of trying to get them to just stop a particular behavior they may stop it, but they may stop because now they've gone into their anxious brain, mm. right? Now I'm, now I'm just trying to avoid getting punished or whatever the consequence that's going to come as I see, you know, dad about to uh, blow his stack. Yeah. Uh, and so, but, but we're not learning in that moment. <laughs> we're not, we're not joining together to say, Hey, what's a, let's, let's, let's calm down for a minute and let's come over here beside me and, you know, let's, let's talk about what we need to be doing from this point forward. Right. I love that, Matt. It brings to mind, I was in a situation last week where I was in a public restroom and there was a baby. I mean, I say baby, they were probably two years old, maybe. And just, I don't know what happened before they came to the bathroom, but they were crying. They, they were not well in their little bodies and brains. And, you know, I do try to suspend judgment because I do believe we're all doing the best we can at any given point, including us parents, but whoever was with baby was so dysregulated themselves that all they were doing was literally yelling at the child to shut up and stop. And I'm like, oh, hon, if you just pick them up and like pat them on the back and like bounce them a minute and tell them in a calm voice, it's going to be okay. They'd probably stop crying. Yeah. But all they knew to use and all the strategies they had at that moment was that fear and big screaming, yelling, stop crying. And I'm sure baby stopped crying, but they were not a regulated, calm, connected, content baby when they stopped crying. And I think that's the interesting thing about the nuance here between those C's and D's. They're so, man, oh man, they can even look from the outside very similar Mm -hmm. But it's about this like intuitive ability to understand. And I think about like the D, one of the Ds is discontent child and adult versus content child and adult. Let's talk about that for a minute because I might feel very content if I've stopped a behavior in a way that feels right. like big and whatever aggressive or whatever to me, but is the child content or there might be a certain kind of discipline that is, you know, familiar to me. And I might feel very content after I do said discipline, but does the child feel content? 
So it's not just parent-centered and it's not just child-centered. It's this very sort of attachment-centered way of thinking about discipline. What do you, what, what comes to mind when you hear that, Matt? Like what, what's on your mind? Well, it just complete identification with the idea that in that moment we can be rewarded by what whatever the child does that is in response to what we're mm-hmm. saying or what we're doing. Like we have the power uh, to yeah. stop behaviors or to, you know, make this child feel afraid of their next step for what we might do. Um, but somehow on the backside of that, we... Knowing about connected parenting principles, uh, now I I can, I can see, or I can even feel this, this discontent with, but we're not connected. And there's another, even if I get that compliance or, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I get a particular behavior that I'm looking for, um, I don't feel right. Something's not right about this. And I know what's not right is that we're missing the connection piece. Mm-hmm. Um, we have not, or I have not taken the next step to say, mm-hmm. all right, that happened. Now, what's our, what's our connection point from here? How yeah. do we go forward? And how, how do I reconnect with my child so that they feel content and I feel content because I know that we did the connected parenting thing. I what if we what if we put some legs on this and talk about like what are some of those examples? Like what are some things that um we might be doing or what are some of our disciplines, you know, tools and strategies that we might have in our tool belt that might be either we know or we aren't even really sure might be creating that distance versus what are some things that we could do instead that might build that connection while supporting just, you know, changed behavior over the long haul and connection. Because I think, I think we might fundamentally know what we shouldn't do or what doesn't feel good to us actually. Like I, I really encourage parents to like, trust your intuition. You know, if there's connection or distance, you know, if there's contentment or disconnect contentment. So what might we be doing even accidentally that might yeah. be feeding into some of those, yeah. some of the distance versus building that connection? What are, what's some examples well, you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so distancing, what that looks like in, in everyday life. And, and again, we have all done these things, right? And, and we, I think I would, I would venture to say we all continue to do these things at some level, uh, mm-hmm. but it's really good if we can, sort of see these in the distancing column so that maybe we can look for better, you know, yeah. we, we can move something over into the connecting column. So, so distancing strategies that we use even sometimes by default and not mm-hmm. conscious choice are we can be adversarial with our kids. We can have a, um, uh, you might call that an adversarial stance with them, which is, you know, you're acting foolish and I'm the wise parent and we are about to throw down (laughs) in some form or fashion. It's going to be a battle of wisdom versus foolishness. That's adversarial. Um, Using time out. Now there's the, the, we're in a minute, we're going to talk about time in, but using time out is a distancing strategy. It's kind of a 
look, you go over there and get yourself together and think about what you did wrong. But it's all about the child being by themselves and trying to figure it out on their own. Or, you know, as a parent, you may say, well, but I've taught them enough where they know what they did wrong. And I'm thinking, okay, then why do they need time out? What they did wrong, then why are they sitting, you know, why are they mm -hmm. sitting time out? What you may just need there is you need a break from whatever was going on before and time in will work much better for that. Um, but, and, and I would say that, you know, sending a child away, it may not be the timeout corner, but it could, it could just be, look, you are all up in my hair and you are, you know, you are frustrating the mess out of me and you just need to go outside or you need to go to your room. Yeah. Um, you need to go find something else to do so that you're not bothering me. Um, that's distancing. Um, lecturing is a form of distancing because I think lecturing sometimes does carry that adversarial stance with it. Um, and there's a way to teach without lecturing, but a lot of times we just go straight to that because that's what we experience growing up. Um, and that's what our parents experience growing up. And that's just what parents do. Um, yeah. And also what kind of goes with that a lot of times is that when we're lecturing, we're focusing on where our child is failing. Uh, mm. And we, we want to empower them for success and not focus on failure. I think once 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 we've already gone into this uh, this mode of correction with them, they know that something's mm -hmm. wrong. We don't need to we yeah. don't need to pound that point. So right. um, yeah, so those are those are distancing. Um, those are things we do that are yeah in that in that distancing column. So then the question you said. Oh, hold on real quick, Matt. You said something about the adversarial stance and something that came to my mind as an example of how this might might play out with me every now and then. I mean, I'm not saying it does, but it just might every now and then show up, which is a like, who's going to win the argument? I loved how you said like wisdom versus foolishness, but it could also be a scenario where it, that it feels like I have to win here or sort of my way or the highway, or you don't have voice and choice, or I always know best, or like, those are the messages that we might be sending. Like the child is the, um, the opponent, like the, not the, the problem at hand or the situation isn't something we're working on together, but like, you're the problem. Yeah. I have to win. And so that I think there's so many ways our own personal adult stress responses can show up in these three D's, right? Like maybe the adversarial stance might be like, if you get in a, in a situation and you need to, you want to fight it out or sending mm -hmm. a child away might be your adult way of fleeing. Like, I can't be in this moment with you. Like you said, go away. Or like, I wonder what all is happening in us that we could be aware of that might be playing in how we distance ourselves from our children, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, right. we can reframe the adversarial deal to remember that like 
oftentimes we get baited into, I have to win this argument right now yes. because it might challenge you there. But if we could take a, a nerd nugget and think through the Star Wars, like the Jedi lens, oftentimes, you know, we, we, if we can stay in wisdom and not in, not get baited into foolishness, we can remember that it, it might feel great for a kid to feel like he won an argument as long as the couple things that you needed to address and, and read, you know, like course redirect get taken care of. And so there's almost this, this element of like, you know, letting them be adversarial, letting them be foolish and how they're communicating. And then kind of letting that guide the discussion into my ultimate goal here is connectedness is healing. And I can let them be adversarial and I can say wise and navigate into the right space. Yep. Like not get, we kind of talk sometimes about like measuring like their intensity without like rising up to whatever's happening there. Like, what does it look like to, to show up in a way that isn't about winning Yeah. or, or, I mean, if you're in this, like, somebody's going to lose if you're trying to win. Like, yeah. Right. And yeah. that is not going to help our children, our teens, our young adults have the skills and strategies to navigate when we're not around, which is your whole point early JD, right? Like that's your example. Yeah. We, we are hoping that in moments of stress or dysregulation or places when our kids are not able to, to quote unquote, do well by whatever is required of the moment, that instead of them feeling like we're out to get them or punish them, yeah, make them comply, but we're actually there saying, all right, let's come at this scenario collaboratively. Yeah. Which sort of takes us into those, into those C's. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the connecting strategies come in. So rather than having an adversarial stance, we could have an advocacy stance, uh, which may look like, um, hey, look, I'm for you. Uh, We're on the same team. Uh, Let's work together to figure this out. Um, Also, like uh, one of the things that just stands out in my mind that 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 Michael Monroe said that the whole, you are not in trouble. Like you can, and you can say that, you can say that loud enough so that the child understands. I'm not yelling at you. You are not in trouble, but we got a situation here and this needs to change. Um, And uh, we're going to, we're going to work together to change it. (laughs) Um, And then of course, time in, time in is really just an attitude of even if we are not, even if we're not in the same room, even if we need to take a little break um, and you need to go play with Legos while I go empty the dishwasher, we're, we're, we're still in the same emotional and mental space. um, And we're going to come back together in a few minutes. So why don't you go do that for about five minutes and I'm going to go do this for five minutes and we're just going to let ourselves kind of calm down and then we're going to talk. That's, that's a form of time in, uh, time in have to be the child is right up against you and, and on your hip. It could be, but it doesn't have to be. I, before we move on, Matt, I want to sit right there for a minute because I think this is, this gets some parents tripped up Yeah. because this is about knowing your kiddo. 
So how you navigate time in is so about knowing the child in front of you and their tendencies and what they need to regulate and knowing yourself. So negotiating, I love how you said that you're staying in the same emotional and relational connected space, but you're meeting each other's physiological or nervous system need to find a place of regulation. And it's not about a punishment alone and figuring it out. It's, Hey, I'm meeting your needs here. I'm meeting my needs here. And we can do that together. Such a different mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course the communication is totally different. It's not, you go figure that out on your own. It's I'm still with you even if we're in separate rooms, because we're coming back together. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but we have a plan to come back together. Right? And it feels so yeah. honoring. I think there's a piece of this that is just, it gets me excited because I think even allowing proximity to change, like time in isn't about always close proximity. It can be, there can be some distance, physical distance. And that to me, is such an honoring thing because it is really, really looking at the child as somebody you are advocating for. You're advocating for their long-term ability to stay regulated and you're advocating to meet their needs in the moment as well as your own. And it can, I remember when this was a massive flip that was switched for us and you know what started to trickle in? Like hope and joy and possibility when I was like, Oh, I don't have to punish everything my kid does because they might be dysregulated. Like I can work with them. I can be curious and meet their needs and we can stay connected and we can find a place of, of hope in the middle of what might even be a very from the outside dramatic behavior. Like there's a different way right here in this little bullet point that literally could change and open up so much possibility in your family's like well-being. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this really played out for us as our kids got into the teen years because teenagers love to, uh, when they get dysregulated, I don't say they love it, but they do it, which is they slam doors and go to their room a lot of times. Like they, they seek distance. Yes. And there's a way to honor that distance. I will, yep. I will not force you to stay here and talk to me. If you need to go to your room and calm down, that mm-hmm. is fine. I would appreciate it if you told me that's what you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what we can scaffold it's, towards. It's, yeah. Scaffold it, them towards saying, right. I think I need a little time. But, right. But, <laughs> but, but, right. But even if said teenager slams door and goes into room and then slams that door as if, <laughs> Do not come, come around me, you know, for the next yeah. week. Um, go go back up there in about 15 minutes and mm-hmm. just gently knock on the door. Hey, are you okay? Do you want, or do you want to talk? If it, and if they say no, say, okay, well, I'll come back and check on you later. But see, here we are. This mm-hmm. is still a form of time in. And I'm offering my presence right. in that situation. And I also say sometimes that knock on the door for me includes a little drink and a snack for some kids. Yep. And maybe, yeah. hey, hon, I know it's been a long day and that was a hard minute in the kitchen. Would you, I've got a little something. Like, I'm not saying I always do that, but that it's a little bit of a like, I see you, I honor you, I value your current state. 
And just like I might give water and a snack to a toddler, I'm going to bring something yummy to my teenager behind the slant door. So I have, I have left a Coke by the door and and cracked the door and let a animal in there. Yeah. The the kid's favorite pet or whatever, like, You don't want me around right now, but I'm still offering my presence. I'm still offering nurture. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's connecting, that's connecting that's behavior. If you, if I would, I would venture to say, if you want to have, because ultimately I think we all want this, we want to be connected to our kids yeah. for life. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't want our kids leaving the house going, man, I'm so glad I'm out of that place. Right. We want our yeah. kids to thrive out in the world, but we also want to remain connected to them and doing things like that, that honors their space. They'll, they'll, it increases the probability that they'll want to come back yeah, <laughs> and that yeah. they will seek us out and they'll, they'll want to have an adult adult relationship with us in the future. Um, so yeah, we offer them our presence. We offer them support if they're dysregulated. Hey, look, I know this is not going well right now. What do you need? What do right. you need? What can I do? What can I do to help you right now? And they may not be able to access that, but just the fact that you asked, right, that creates a space so that when they're ready, they can tell you. And even if they don't, you offer. That's 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 nurturing behavior. Yeah. Well, I think that you know a lot of times you might be having the back of your mind timeout. So the kid just gets to go to the room, slam the door, and they're dictating how this goes and no to reframe this like we talk a lot in our our class about sharing power or or giving power giving options and what we're doing is like we are hoping as young children we're teaching them to like advocate for what they need in moments of dysregulation so that they are going to their room and seeking that you know moment alone to kind of calm down you are still driving like you're talking about matt still driving that process by checking in Hey, just want to let you know. And what we do, and, and this doesn't work for everybody, but what the phrase we always use is, hey, we're not done talking about this, obviously. You know that. Are you ready to talk now or do you want to wait a few more minutes? It's not like, do you want to talk about what happened? No. Okay, fine. Sorry. And like run back downstairs. That, that's not healthy and that's not what we're trying to promote. But if we are like giving them the option of, do you want to talk now? Or do you want to talk a few minutes later? You're you're letting them know also in that moment, gently and and not in a combative way, Hey, we are not going to leave what happened alone. We do have to have some resolution there. And so you're setting that precedent. Like I can take the time that I need to fully calm down before I go back to a conversation because we need that regulated brain to come back for that last negotiation and and solving of the problem. Right. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, I, 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 I love this point too, just on the connecting side is rather than where on the distancing side, we're focusing on where the child has failed on the connecting side. We're focusing on our child's preciousness, no matter how old they are. Yeah. Um, you're communicating in some way to them. You are, you are precious to me mm-hmm. and I want to work through this problem together. Um, yeah. And I believe that, I believe that we can and so let's let's together figure out a solution to this that feels right to both of us. It may not feel 
like we each got a hundred percent of what we want <laughs> wanted, but we we can we can problem solve. We can compromise with each other. I think it leaves when when you can explore sort of um, addressing behavior or mo again moments of stress or tension or those kinds of things with this mindset. This is where I was saying like when I gave myself permission, which it was very scary to do. So if you're hearing this and you're like, ah, I don't think so, that feels like a recipe for pure disaster. Like I want to honor that, that, it, that, that feeling of, of like, oh, that feels really maybe hard or scary or concerning to start approaching behavior in a really, really different way. I would just invite you to think about what are the long-term goals you have for your child? Like try to rise above the moments of stress and look at the long haul. And we do want children that will go outside of our homes. And I was thinking earlier when you were talking about JD, like giving them the time to like have choice to sort of regulate or cool down or take a beat. Like we do that with adults. Like, don't you want your children to be in relationships and friendships and partnerships where they know their own stress responses and they have the tools to regulate those so that they can build healthy, thriving adult interactions. Like we don't yes. want them to just be silent or comply. We want them to understand what's happening in them, how to meet their needs and how to navigate in adult relationships in a healthy way. They, they will learn that in our homes or they won't. Yeah. And that is what those connected strategies are doing. It's honoring individual different ways of seeing the world, different stress responses, different needs, different desires. It's negotiating and connecting and problem solving and returning back to relationship. It's, 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 it's the good stuff. It's the long-term change and, and healing and hope and, and growth that we want for ourselves, by the way, you'll if, the, if you're new to this, you'll have to do some learning about yourself first or at, alongside the process too, which is such a good, good thing. So that, I think that's kind of my closing thought is like, if you're feeling some reservation, I would, I would ask to the best of your ability to like, look up a little bit and see beyond the stress of the moment or the stress of the day to what, what do you really, really want long-term? Um, I'm not saying Matt and I are, well, we're seasoned parents who I think both made some significant shifts for similar reasons. So we could offer just a little bit of wisdom. It does not always turn out still the way you want it to. This is not a magic solution. This isn't like an easy way out. This is a long-term investment, but it's worth it. Yes. It's yeah. really worth it. Yeah. Matt, any closing thoughts for us as we wrap up? Just it, it is it is worth it. It's the 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 connection path is usually harder in the moment. It re requires more um, self curiosity, um, self reflection. It it requires re just reorientation. It, it requires fighting against our defaults. Um, 
but if we'll practice it, it gets, it gets better. It's, uh, it's, it's never easy, but I think it gets, we can, we can get into a little bit of a, uh, a, a groove with it. And, yeah. and, and especially when you see the results, uh, when you see the results on the other end, it's motivating to continue to use the, uh, connecting strategies. Agreed. Awesome. Bad. But it might you. be scary. That's my last thing. It might be a little scary. Just if you're scared, just it's okay, but take a risk. Yeah. It's worth it. Sorry, JD. No, I, I know that fear. I remember that fear of being like, are you serious? Gosh, you're yeah. serious. Everything won't go nutso in my family if I change my way of doing. And it did get harder before it got better. Yeah. But we had to learn together new ways of interacting. That's right. Like I remember the first time we didn't give our kids a consequence. They said, or what? And I was like, oh dear, oh dear. I do not know. What do you mean? Or what? I don't have a consequence for you. Okay. Oh gosh. How do I, how do I move you towards the needed outcomes here when I don't have a punishment in mind? So yeah, it is, it feels like potentially shaky ground just keep working through it and the fruit on the other side is so good it's just yeah, so i have good. i have one wrap-up question then what yeah. maybe you don't have to share the exact example but i think or what is a terrifying question yeah. for a parent especially a parent who grew up in the you know the terrifying answer to or what was like something horrible yeah. for you right so what what is your answer well that. you can tell that we were obviously had laid a pattern of adversarial stance with each other like that was the pattern in play because that was how i was getting compliance it was do this or you have a consequence right so when i said hey you want to do this or this or whatever and it was or what i mean i remember where i was standing when that question was asked and my whole body probably thought i have no idea but it's <laughs> not going to be a consequence and i think i said there is no, or what we're going to work this out together. Oh, that's so good. And I think they were like, what? And then they had a bit of a meltdown because that was not my normal response. I was changing the rules of engagement. Mom. <laughs> yeah. Where did she go? This person I can fight with, right? Yeah, got her. She's not here. So we had a meltdown. It got real big. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is okay. I've actually just uncovered why things are not going the way I want them to go into my home mm. because my kid asks me or what, and I don't want that. I want, how about we figure it out together? And it took a hot minute for yes. that new rhythm of figuring it out to get, you said it, Matt, it doesn't always get easier, but you find a new groove. And I don't know where we would be if I hadn't stopped that. Yeah. Probably over a decade ago and just said, I'm going to come at this moment in a new way and stick with it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen. It doesn't take once or twice or two or three times. It takes a yeah. lot of practice. Um, but when your kid says, or what, you'd know you're in an adversarial stance. You probably have a little bit of a fighter on your hands and you might be one too. And you yeah. just need to say, "Hun, there is no, or what here. Let's figure out how to move forward together. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. That That is good. That's a good place for us to wrap today. So guys, thank you all um, so much. Appreciate you. Thanks, Matt, for being with us. Yeah, glad to do it.
Well, again, a huge thanks to Dr. Matt Smith and uh, Tana for joining us. And I'll I'll just be thinking about that last piece from Tana um, where, we, where we talked about just, you know, or what when the kid says, you know, yeah, I have to do this or what, um, you know, being able to say like, there's no or what we're going to just work this out together. Like that is a super helpful tool to to diffuse and begin setting a new normal for your kids that, that you don't have to, you're not battling on these things. We're working together to fix uh, misunderstandings or confusions. And so uh, again, we'll, we'll be continuing on with this series uh, in discipline, looking at it from different angles and different facets of it um, as it comes next week. And so we hope that we will see you there for Mo and Tana Ottinger, for uh, Dr. Matt Smith, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio and Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the Empower to Connect podcast. I'm JD Wilson, and we'll see you next week on the Empower to Connect podcast.